This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Tested the barrow keeper Paul Farman either. And here he is, midway inside his own half. Launching one out towards Emil Aqua on the penalty spot. Don Telford's got a clear sight of goal, and that's all that Don Telford needs to fire it left footed past Adam Smith in the opening goal of the evening here just before the half hour marker at Holker Street it was route one from the barrow keeper Paul Farman flipped down by Emil Aqua and there was Dom Telford we know the quality he possesses and left footed he fires it past the right hand of Adam Smith to make it Barrow AFC 1 Morgan Mill was a proper route one goal goalkeeper Farman probably about midway inside his own half actually when he uh, played that aerial battle won by Aqua and smashed in left footed by Don Telford and we've been caught by a bit of a sucker punch there just that route one. Oh, here comes Aqua it's going to fall nicely for Don Telford is it somehow cleared off the line is it by Farron Rawson I'm not sure how Morecambe have quite got away with that but we did do so and we switched off again inside the penalty spot the shot came in initially from Emil Aqua and as it fell loose it was Don Telford with the strike and somehow acrobatically it's Farron Rawson who just about clears the ball off the line Reaction to the action This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio Click on by Courtney Duffus Falls to Farron Rawson Referee puts the whistle to his lips and brings proceedings to a close here at Holker Street and it's the first defeat in nine for Derek Adams Shrimps and a bitterly, bitterly disappointing performance to go with it We came here this Tuesday night full of hope, full of expectation and if we had got the three points we would have gone second in the lead two table but in fairness it's a performance to forget for Derek Adams men arguably one of their worst of the season I think the playing conditions didn't particularly help matters either a very difficult pitch but we just couldn't get our game going couldn't get the counter-attacks that we've been renowned for certainly in recent weeks going at any point during the game and it was an afternoon an evening of few chances here at Holker Street and the two that mattered both felt the way of the Bluebirds the only goal of the game on the half-hour mark and it fell to the quality striker Dom Telford you can't give him that much room inside the penalty area facing goal 10 yards out it was a proper route one goal by the Bluebirds keeper Paul Farman he took a free kick from midway inside the Barrow half it was flicked down by Emil Aqua into the path of Telford and he buried his left-footed effort into the bottom corner away to the right-hand side of Adam Smith what proved to be the winning goal this Tuesday evening Morecambe didn't get a shot on target really in the whole of the game 
and they could have found themselves further behind on 48 minutes as well just a few minutes after the restart it was Aqua himself who was played in right hand side of the penalty area his shot from 10 yards as well saved by Adam Smith ball looped to Dom Telford goal gaping he couldn't get his effort over the line it was spectacularly cleared away uh, by the boot of Farron Rawson from just underneath the crossbar to maintain 1-0 Morecambe made changes in the second half we brought on Donald Love and Eli King it was great to see him back on the pitch after him being absent for a few weeks we brought on Adam Mayer Max Melbourne Eastern Walker all towards the end of the game as well but we just couldn't fashion a decent opportunity on goal Michael Mellon hat-trick hero at the weekend barely got a sniff you have to give credit where it's due to the Bluebirds bat line they kept 10 goal top scorer Michael Mellon very very quiet all game long so it's the Bluebirds who maintain their unbeaten home record first defeat in nine for the Shrimps so we can't move into the automatic lead two promotion places this Tuesday night but looking on the bright side that was one of our games in hand we are still sixth in the league two table 27 points from 15 games is still a fantastic return and if we were to win our other game in hand which is against Crawley at some point in the coming weeks and months uh, we would still be in and around the top three so blue uh, yeah Morecambe fans let's not press the panic button bad night at the office for Derek Adams men that's for sure but it is after all just our first defeat in nine and we regroup again going into the FA Cup first round away at Lincoln City this coming Saturday well, Derek, a 1-0 defeat for you tonight. A frustrating night for you? Yeah, it was. I think that, um, you know, over the night, it wasn't uh, a classic uh, football match. We had uh, they had two attempts on target and we had one attempt on target. And uh, one of theirs has gone in tonight. We don't deal well with a long ball. Uh, we don't win the header. We don't win the second ball. And, and then it goes uh, in, you know, in, in the back of the net from there. And uh, that was the, the only thing that... Uh, won them the game you know we didn't uh, we worked hard we didn't find solutions to the the problems tonight we couldn't get uh, any rhythm and that's probably credit to Barra because they made it that type of game but uh, other than that they didn't create any more opportunities it was a it was a dull football match for having so many supporters in the stadium uh, it was disappointing never an easy place to come is it especially with the, the conditions as they are as well yeah it wasn't and uh, you know I think that we you know tried hard but we couldn't just you know find that solution and couldn't get in behind them at times when we did um, we maybe didn't get the break of the ball um, I thought at times we didn't get some decisions that were correct and us maybe the one with Michael Mellon in the halfway line where he's going to go through and he gets a foul against him because I think it's probably an easy decision for the, the referee to give a foul uh, for Barrow because he's the last man rather than give the foul for us then he has to send him off but over the night um, we didn't play like we can do uh, and yeah, that sometimes happens Disappointing with the run he's been on but in many ways those was experienced you get these nights and it's a case of moving on It, it is, yeah I mean, we, we just tried to we tried ever so hard uh, we just couldn't get any passing movements going we were on the ball more than Barrow tonight and we did you know, try and find you know balls through to Mel, and we changed things about quite a bit just to try and get something different. But uh, in the end, uh, we didn't get the the opportunities that were going to get us a goal tonight. And again, 
looking again on the positives, it's another bit of the learning curve for a lot of players. It is, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a draw would have been fair tonight. I think that um, I can't say any team deserved to win the game. We certainly didn't, and I don't think Barrow did as well, because um, they didn't do enough to cause us any pressure in the game. Good in many ways to see some players back as well. Eli King on the bench tonight, and he got on as well. And a few other players stronger bench tonight, and hopefully that'll do in good stead for the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know we had to take Donald Love on and uh, Eli came on uh, into the game. They haven't been well. Donald has, but Eli hasn't been for about three weeks now. So um, it was good for him to get on, but it was just the pace of the game at times. It was a bit scrappy, uh, and you know we just didn't uh, do enough to get a goal. Well, found a 1-0 away defeat to Barrow tonight. A difficult night and not the best performance, I suppose, in many ways. No, um, I think, obviously, we could have done a lot better, but I think it was a game of uh, little chances and um, I think um, things just didn't click for us. But I think you could, if you watch the game, you could see that it wasn't from the will of uh, not trying and we didn't give up till the last minute. We were, we were trying our best. We changed formation. We, we were pushing and... I think if any side was wanting to win that game in the end, I think it was us. And I think uh, Barrow obviously got the goal and they sat in and and let us come on to them. And um, I think on another on another day, uh, we we've got to take our chances. We've got to be more creative and and also got to keep a clean sheet. You can hear the wind around us. It's never easy coming here on a Tuesday night, is it? No, it's not easy. It's a tough place to come, and the wind's going. It's cold, but it's not an excuse. I think. Um, I think overall uh, we're disappointed in there. Um, I think, um, but I think the main thing for us is that we've got to look at what we've done, the run we've been on, how outstanding we've been to a man. And I think that's the message in there is we put this to bed now, move on quick. Uh, obviously, football football gives you plenty of opportunities, and there's another opportunity Saturday against uh, Lincoln away. So, no, we're all rare and ready to go, and we're we're hoping to put it put it right on Saturday. Speaking to Jeb Brandon just after the game, and you get these nights, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, things just wasn't clicking. Do you know what I mean? I think um, the forward lads, midfield, everyone—they've been outstanding so far this season, and uh, they've been a credit to themselves, been a credit to Morecambe, and and they've been, like you're saying, they've they've been turning up in big moments. And tonight was a it was a difficult night, but um, I think uh, we stuck in there till the end. We didn't give up. We, it wasn't from the uh, the will of not trying, and um, I think now. Like you say, it's just um, good things come to an end. But now it's all about the exciting thing is building, building the next run, putting the next run together. And like I say, we, we've got a great set of lads here, first and foremost, with great talent. And and um, I think this is just a little blip that will push aside and we'll move on from this. I don't ever think you lose, you, you learn. So we'll learn from this and um, we'll push forward. You are one of the more experienced players. You've got a lot of young lads around, around you. Just need to put your arms around them now and say, look, move on. No, like I said, it's, it's, the, the dressing room is one of the best I've been in. It's, 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 it's great. Everyone's got everyone's back in there and um, something like this won't phase them. The, the young lads, um, they, they've shown already that they, they step up when needed to. And now the character in there is, I never doubt any of them, this will be a small little blip that will be brushed off and uh, we'll be rearing to go Saturday. Welcome here to Hulk Street, guys. You're going by the Barabos Peak Wildman. I suppose we best start off with, with that. I mean... You must be delighted that for once, although a decision maybe hasn't gone the way that you would have wanted it, it's not affected anything to me. Yeah, it's very rare for us. It normally goes against us, things like that, doesn't it, across the rest of the season. So, yeah, we're really pleased that hasn't gone our way. Uh, I think Jason has just said it there that 
Um, I think that's the first time watching. Mark, by the way, Markham have been great uh, across the last games I've been watching. I think they, they, they're industrious, they work as hard as they can, they've got some really good young players. But I don't think anybody's gone to war with them like we did tonight. And that was the first thing I'd said to our players is we've got to go to war with these because these are going to war with everybody else. So we had to go to war with them. I think to a man we've done that tonight. We've made it very difficult for them. We've been very aggressive against them. Um, and we've come out in sort of a... I mean, we, I thought we were better first half. I thought when we second half, we bedded in and they threw everything at us. They've got some really good players. But they couldn't break us down tonight. And, and I think that's credit to everybody in the side who worked the socks off. I mean, it must be even more credit as well to, to that back three, which seems to be going from strength to strength. I mean, you were able to bring James Chester back into the mix today, but I mean, even at the same time, the job that Rory Feely did as part of your, your back three against Salford, it just shows, doesn't it, the, the numbers that you've got, the options that you have, and a fourth successive clean sheet comes from it. Yeah, I, I, you back three, and there's some massive experience across that back three, and you look at George Ray probably playing the best football of his career at the moment, and a long may that continue, but you've got young Lucas Stevenson comes in at right wing back, got told this morning he was playing right wing back because David Worrell formed in nil. Elliot Newby has been a revelation at, at left wing back, the amount of tackles, now I've known Noobs for years, I've never seen him make so many tackles this year, so... Uh, you rightly talk about the, the three, but you've got Paul Farman and the two wing-backs who, who rightly deserve a mention in that, that solid back five we seem to have at the moment. I mean, at the other end of the field, a, a second goal for Don Telford as well. and You're certainly sensing, aren't you, on the back of that, that goal he got last week against Forest Green, how much his confidence has improved. I mean, the opportunity he had against Salford, for one, came very much from a man in, in confidence. That finish tonight even more shows it. Yeah, certainly, and you look at where he is, he's between sticks. Good, good centre forwards are between the six. There's one stood next to us now, and they're a couple of centre forwards are always between the six. And um, you look at the quality of finishes passed into the net. The, sometimes there you can lash at it. Look at the quality to pass the ball, and that's a, that's a real art and a real skill. I suppose it's on the other hand as well. You're close to getting that second one, which, again, his performance very much would have deserved. Yeah, definitely. And Emil's down the side. I think that's when you're talking about making the second half. Emil's down the side there, and they kicked it off the line. Uh, yeah, I think we've worked really hard, really industrious team performance tonight. And when I came in here, I said to you last year, this time of year is where we try to play more football and what we needed to do was be more dogged and determined and, and for want of a best phrase, trying to think the place out at 1-0. And I think we've done that immensely well tonight. It's the kind of performance that, that you need, isn't it, in, the, in, a, in a derby scenario, just that, that doggy display, as you say there, and the fact that your players weren't affected by... You know, off field or anything like that by the the event in itself, you just got the came here, got the job done, and and did it well. Yeah, there's lots of experience in this side now, isn't there? And you look across, there's lots of experience and a sprinkling the youngsters and the experience lads are helping the youngsters. A really mature performance tonight, I thought from from the whole group. And then when you're rolling, you look at our bench at the moment, the experience you're rolling on. It was certainly a Tom White type of game tonight. So you're putting Tom White in there to get it, get it, get involved in it. I thought the, the subs were excellent and gave us more impetus when they put their subs on. We, we needed to change. They've changed two, three formations tonight to try and break us down. And um, we've remained solid. We've remained tough to play against. And I'm really pleased with how the, they've seen the game out tonight. I mean, on the subject of the event, and I mean, we know how much it means for the, for the supporters. No doubt, just a, a little disappointment in, in the way that one particular decided to celebrate the, the Don Telford goal, the, the throwing of a, of a smoke canister onto the pitch. It's, it's just that small kind of blot on what has been a, a great night for the club. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Listen, I know Flair's about a football and all, whether we like it or not, but it's the, it's the cost to the football club. So, as you can imagine, running a football club is, um, especially at this level, every penny counts. And them coming on the pitch, yeah, I know you want to celebrate, yeah, I know you want to uh, look good in front of your mates, but that costs a club a fortune and that, that can seriously hamper me bringing somebody in January or something happening at the football club because they have to fuck bills like that and we, as you know we could do a lot of sand on this pitch to try and harden it up a little bit but paying, paying a fine and getting sand on the pitch it's, these, these are the things that, that the club and the owners have to deal with on a daily basis so that, it is frustrating. I suppose on the other hand as well, I mean, you want people to be talking about your performance, you want people to be talking about what you've done tonight, which, you know, to beat a side in the form that Morecambe were in, is, is an achievement in itself. The last thing you want is people talking about one one idiot trying to spoil them. Yeah, yeah, I think we've said it, haven't we? We've sort of said what it is. I think we've got to dwell on what, what an excellent performance tonight from our football club. What an excellent performance from the fans, the, the majority of the fans tonight with the stuff they've done before the game. That's the noise that everybody tells me that they can generate at this football club and they put themselves under pressure now because against Crawley, oh now I want to see that again and I want to see that come out again. So talk about me putting myself under pressure every week, they put themselves under pressure tonight and I want to see that, I want to see more of that against Crawley in our next home game. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. Always appreciate your downloads and your subscriptions, and of course your eyes and ears on Shrimps Live, the only place where you can hear full match commentary of every single Morecambe game this season, home and away. League and Cup is right here, and it is the Cup on Saturday. We're going to be uh, taking another longer way trip. We're going to go to Sinselbank to play Lincoln City in the first round of the FA Cup. Three o'clock kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Uh, all the action of course uh, via the uh, usual channels if you're not heading down to the game uh, we'll be on air from just before 2.55 ahead of the contest I've been speaking to Gary Hutchinson Uh, Gary is the brains behind the Stacey West a uh, Lincoln City uh, fans podcast uh, website social media channels and uh, he also looks after the real EFL as well go and have a look for that uh, online and on the socials loads of content from the 72 clubs outside of the Premier League and also uh, National League content as well. Have a, a bit of a chat to Gary about that coming up in the next few minutes, actually. And uh, Gary telling us everything we need to know about the Imps ahead of our trip to Sinselbank this coming weekend. So, Gary, thanks for jumping back on our pod again. Last time we chatted was a few days uh, before your stag weekend last season, which uh, conveniently coincided with uh, the penultimate day of the League One campaign. A, a great day for us on that occasion. We came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2 to keep our survival hopes alive. It all went wrong the following week at Exeter, but we won't go there. But uh, um, how was your stag weekend? I mean, you can obviously remember every single second of it, can't you, I suppose? I can remember the hospitality that the people of Morecambe showed us, and that that really stuck. I, Joe, it was um, it was a great afternoon. I was actually I shouldn't say this, but part of me was pleased that you won. We really wanted you to stay up. Um, we had a great time. So I can't remember an awful lot about the game. I, I, as far as I was concerned, I thought we were two 0 up and cruising, and we get back to Carlisle, and they tell me we lost three two. So yeah, a little bit strange. It was it was it was a, a good day for us, uh, but I suppose the football was was secondary, wasn't it? Really, if you're getting your getting your car at half past seven and the beers are flowing, and uh, a, a great day and a great way to spend your stag weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Best way to spend your stag weekend is on a football trip, I think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and married life treating you well, Gary. Everything happy. 
yeah well we've been engaged for about 10 years so not an awful lot has changed uh, but yeah it's all good mate thank you very much Right, give us the sales pitch before we get uh, talking about matters on the field. Um, firstly, about the Stacey West, one of the, the best fans-led uh, podcasts out there for Lincoln City. What is it? What's it all about? How can we find it? Yep, so stacywest.net is my Lincoln City project. Um, we basically just cover all things Lincoln City, uh, podcast, videos. We've got into TikTok now, like the young people, so that's quite cool. Um, but if I could also plug the Real EFL as well, which is my um, my other website, which is focused entirely on the the 72 teams outside the uh, the uh, Premier League so that's the real efl.co.uk which could be worth a visit as well and uh, lots of people listening to this will uh, by uh, whatever method follow the real efl and uh, I, I, it's been going a few years now hasn't it that and i suppose it a bit of a gap in the market in the sense that there was no other avenue that focused solely on the non-Premier League side of, of, of football? Yeah, I started it. I worked for a, a football league world and they were they were really, really good. And I came out of that and kind of the, the real AFL sprung up on the back of that. So I started it, I think, in August 2018. Um, but we've grown significantly recently. And really the USP is we try and give young aspiring writers an opportunity not to just write, but to get paid for it as well. So we're not making anybody rich, um, but we've got we've had an awful lot of first year university students join us. Um, this year over the last couple of months and you know they might earn 20 30 quid a month but it's um it, it gives them some vital exposure which is really important to me and i suppose as well it's not just an exposure it's uh it's the content that fans want to absorb it seems to me like there's been a bit of an explosion in the last few years particularly of fans led social media online content and that can only be for for the benefit of everybody yeah, definitely. We've seen it. We've witnessed the death of the print media, I think, slowly but surely. Um, local radio is being cut back as well. And they were the two major outlets for, for local football news. Nobody knows their football clubs better than the supporters. And it, it's always nice to have and not just one per, per team, but two or three per team. Good fan sites, you know, kind of analysing the football and, and, and that sort of thing. And so hopefully the young writers that come through the real FL potentially um, are going to take up the mantle for their for their teams. Go and have a look at that, the real EFL. If you don't follow it already, it's on social media. There's the website and uh, there's loads of great content about uh, uh, the great and the good of uh, the Football League and, and into the National League as well, which uh, uh, is, is always good. So on to matters on the field for the weekend then, Gary, if we may. And uh, we didn't think our paths would cross this season, but uh, a quirk of fate has meant uh, that we're, we're coming back to you again. I mean, I'm still having nightmares, I'll be honest, from the time last season where we played you in the league on on, sat- on the Saturday and then we came back on the Tuesday to play you in the EFL Trophy. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, that's not going to quite happen again. But um, uh, we are away once more and um, we're looking forward to I mean, the magic of the FA Cup or, or, or is it is it the magic of the FA Cup anymore or, or has it lost a bit of its shine in recent years? No, not for me. It's still it's still magical for me. It wasn't so magical when Hartlepool dumped us out a couple of years ago uh, at home and, and it's not so magical when you, you get through the first round and get Plymouth Argyle away in the second round. But... There is still some magic there. We've had a couple of you know, a couple of good cup runs in the past. Um, quite enjoyed Bowers and Pitsy a couple of years ago. We played them and won 1-0 before the Hartlepool defeat. Last year, I mean, it was magic for Chippenham because they put us out 1-0, um, which was was disappointing. But there's always magic for, for some. And I just think it's one of those com- cup competitions that inspires fans and just, you know, everybody gets a little bit excited about it. Lincoln Morecambe in the FA Cup. 
for instance, 1976. I think we won 1-0 many, many years ago. I was I don't remember it, uh, Dave, personally. Far too young for that. Um, but, you know, those those games are more memorable than Lincoln Morecambe in the EFL Trophy. So it still holds magic for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Morecambe fans listening to this will remember all too well just 18 months ago, or a little bit longer than actually, uh, going away to Tottenham in the third round, uh, January 2022. And, and what an amazing weekend that was. We, we led at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for, for more than an hour. They had to bring Harry Kane off the bench and uh, a couple of other of the big first team big hitters. And they, they eventually just got over the line in the last 10 minutes. So I agree for me, the magic of the FA Cup is still there. If for no other reason, uh, you're getting into that third round and you get the draw and, and the financial boost that, that that potentially brings. If, if if you pull a big name out of the hat and you get on telly and everything else that that goes with it, clubs at our level, that is a vital revenue stream, isn't it? Especially if you're looking towards the January transfer window and uh, that can make a big difference. Well, we're where we are today because of the cup run in 2016-17. Um, there's there's no secret about that. Obviously, we we beat Burnley at their place. We beat Brighton, and they were en route to winning the championship. We knocked Ipswich out. We knocked Oldham out. And we were a national league team, and, and we went to Arsenal. People talk about a non-league team in the quarterfinal. I I put that one to one side because we lost five 0 But the revenue from that those games helped build the EPC, the training ground that we have now. It helped put a little bit of extra money in the bank for us to get over the line in the National League. And then the following year, or the year after, I think it was, we went uh, to the third round and uh, played Everton and uh, and lost 2-1 narrowly at Everton. And that funded our title push in League 2. So absolutely vital income. But it's not all about business either, is it? It's about that hope of an upset. And, and whilst Morecambe and Lincoln fans won't be getting excited at the prospect of playing each other, probably we're all looking two steps ahead and thinking, can we go to Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City or the big clubs? Certainly are. And uh, fingers crossed it's going to, it is going to be a, a, a good game of some description, but on the field itself, I mean, how, how do you assess Lincoln's start to the season, Gary? I mean, you're one of a, a number of EFL clubs uh, with a, a situation to vacant, um, uh, going on in in the managerial stakes. So, so, what happened with Mark Kennedy? Firstly, well, it's um, it's strange because from the outside looking in, people will think, "Well, you are mid table. You know, we've had all of our strikers injured since the first week of September, so we've gone um, almost two months without a first team striker. So, it, it looks from the outside that he was doing a good job under the circumstances. I think there was quite a bit going on behind the scenes. It's a little bit cloudy, a little bit murky. Nobody really knows what, but there's a suggestion that perhaps Mark Kennedy's style, Mark Kennedy's approach behind the scenes wasn't really matching some of the people at the club. And um, there was a very public um, blasting of a player, Danny Mandroyu, who was sent off for what was a brainless, nasty challenge against Burton, who subsequently lost the game 1-0. And Mark Kennedy hung him out to dry in his post-match interview. I mean, this was Joey Barton standard hanging out to dry. It was, you know, basically saying if he doesn't book his ideas up, he'll be going back to Ireland. There will never be anything. Um, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So nothing really to do with results on the field, almost entirely down to um, other matters. In truth, up until the end of August, I had us down as a top six team. Um, we beat Wickham 3-0, we beat Blackpool 3-0, we won away at Shrewsbury, we knocked Sheffield United out of the League Cup. Um, we looked really good. Losing the strikers, we did lose our way a little bit. The football got a little bit negative. I mean, we still held West Ham for, for nearly 80 minutes in the League Cup, but actually in the league, we just began to get a little bit shot shy. Uh, it all began to look a little bit tepid. Mark left the club 
Um, we've now taken seven points from nine, including a three-one win against Charlton and, and Michael Appleton's Charlton, as it as uh, as they're probably more likely called. So, yeah, it's been a bit topsy turvy, but it's never been never been negative. I mean, Joey Barton's on the market, Gary, isn't he now? So you need to be careful what you wish for in in one respect. But fr- from your point of view, it was was it the right decision for him to go? Was he not quite the right fit for the club then? Um, I've, from a personal point of view and a purely personal point of view. Um, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, there were elements about Mark's personality um, that, that for me just weren't quite right. And, and some people really liked it. Managers are always very divisive. I was a Michael Appleton fan. There's some people that absolutely despise him. So Mark fundamentally didn't do anything wrong. And at the right club... I think that he will still he will continue to be a success because he certainly steadied us last season. I think we only lost two at home all last season. So I I don't want to be overly critical of, of that, but I felt that him and Lincoln City Football Club were progressively becoming um rather separate. And and from what I hear now from behind the scenes, you know, that that's kind of confirmed. So for me, came a little bit out of the blue. Um, but at the same time I wasn't surprised and I wasn't disappointed. Lots of uh, experienced managers on the market, Gary. Where did where did the club go? Um, I don't think it's an experienced manager. I, I certainly don't think we're going to see Steve Cottrell or Carl Robinson or, or or somebody like that come come into the club. Um, Nathan Jones has been mentioned. I don't think there's any chance of that either. I would see the club going for um, possibly someone who's up and coming. Um, so it could be a coach of an under twenty one side, somebody like Brian Barry Murphy at Manchester City might be the right fit um we might look to Ireland there's Stephen Bradley's just won four titles with Shamrock Rovers he was allegedly our first choice when Mark Kennedy came in he's certainly going to be on the shortlist and look there's absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the Messiah himself who was gifted from God unto Lincoln City in 2016 uh Danny Cowley has, has got to be on the list and he's probably the only one who's managed in League One before, who will be in with a shout of the Lincoln job this time. I mean, it does seem like the circle is complete, if that's the case, doesn't it? So, uh, you know, sometimes the stars align. Similar to to Derek Adams coming back to Morecambe after he left to go to Bradford. Uh, you know, the grass isn't always greener, is it? And uh, right team, right club, right time, all the pieces of the puzzle might fit together. There are multiple instances, aren't there? There's John Coleman, I think, who left Accrington, went back and did well. I think Keith Hill at Rochdale had something similar. You've got Eddie Howe, you've got Nathan Jones. Some managers just fit certain clubs and they get into that groove. They understand the club. They have a connection with the fan base. Look, I'd be utterly delighted if Danny came back. I wouldn't be disappointed if he didn't because I think the club's at a real turning point at the moment. We've got the best squad, best playing squad we've had in my lifetime we made some cracking signings over the summer and when they're all fit I think that we we are a genuine kind of top 10 team in league one if not a top six contender so what we do now the appointment we make now is absolutely critical for the club's future I'm happy for them to take their time and when your caretaker is one two of three and remains unbeaten you you don't have to rush and that's also the beauty of having an FA Cup game and then an EFL trophy game on the Tuesday night against Notts County is it's that we're not underestimating League Two sides at all. But when you've got games at home against lower league opposition, they're games that they're going to be tough, they're going to be challenging, but you're not going to lose league points. And I think that that's quite a nice little buffer um, for us. Won't be if we lose both of them, of course, but, um, you know, that's football, isn't it? 
And uh, I suppose all things being equal, and, and you're not going to appoint anybody before the weekend. It doesn't look likely at this stage, I suppose, does it? Tell us everything we need to know then on the field, Gary, about a current season uh, under the caretakership, of course, at Lincoln City, formation players, wants to watch. What do we need to know? Um, well, you are lucky because we still don't really have a first-team striker. Um, the only fit striker that we have is Jack Vale. He's played kind of 20, 30 minutes of the last two games. He's on loan from Blackburn. He looks a real handful. Whether he will be available to start or not, there's a big question mark over that. You know, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so fitness is an issue. And um, we'll more likely play a 3-4-3, three, three, um, which you, we, some people will call it a five at the back, but it's three centre-backs, two, um, two wing-backs. I think our midfield is as good as anybody in League One. Um, it's Ethan Arahan, who is arguably, um, we, we don't know for sure, but our club record signing from St Mirren um, last January. And Ethan Hamilton, who you know, most football fans know well, former Man United youngster, was at Accrington last season. Wonderful player and has settled so well. The real interest comes in that front three, because when you don't have strikers, it, it's hard for us, because you can feel like you've probably not got your best team out. But it's impossible for the opposition, because... They never know who's going to play there. So Hakiba Delican, I mean, that's a story that Morecambe fans might be interested in. Hacks was, he wasn't given a squad number because he was close to a move. Um, there's, a, there's an incorrect narrative that he wasn't in the team photo. He was, but he wasn't considered part of Mark Kennedy's plans. He didn't make an appearance in pre-season. Um, we, he turned down a settlement to leave the club, allegedly. He turned down a loan on deadline day. Um, when we beat Sheffield United in the League Cup, he had less chance of getting a ticket for the West Ham game than I did. Um, and yet he started up front for us because of the injuries to Tyler Walker and Ben House and, and Rico Hackett is currently injured and Danny Mandroyu has been suspended. So he's done really well. He's our leading scorer at the moment. He's playing centre forward. He's a winger. Whether he'll play or not, who knows? Midi Shadipo came back on loan, did well for us at the end of last season. Don't know whether he'll play or not. With Danny Mandroyu's back from suspension. He's a real talent. I think he's going to have a massive point to prove. I think he's going to be the one to look out for. Um, and Alistair Smith, who was at Sutton last season, has taken time to settle, got his first goal on Saturday. He's playing left wing, he's a central midfielder, uh, but he's big, he's athletic. And, and you know, people make a lot about players playing out of position, but actually good footballers can usually adapt to, to different positions. You know, OK, a, a goalkeeper can't play centre forward or a centre half can't play on the wing. But, you know, if you're an attacking midfielder, whether you play left, right, centre or, or, or centre forward, I think it's flexible. So... You know, who knows what's going? To, who knows who's going to play? We're beset by injuries, so it could completely change. But I just think it's going to be an interesting lineup. So you are you are expecting to be potentially as strong as you could possibly be, almost like a league game. Then I I think so. I I think the FA Cup is one that League One clubs take um, lightly at their peril, and I don't think that that's the general ethos that we have. I mean, you, you, you've seen Exeter in the EFL Trophy, you know, they took it easy, easy and played a week inside against Reading, got beat 9-0, and then that spiralled them down. Um, I think coming up against Morecambe, League One side last season, doing well in League Two, great manager in Derek Adams, arguably a, a, a talented squad. You know, we're not talking about the Jim Bentley Morecambe that were perennial strugglers. So if Lincoln City take their foot off the gas at all, then there's a real risk of an upset. And I put that in inverted commas because is it an upset when you beat us in the league six months ago? No, of course it's not. It's all about stature. I don't think that Tom Shaw um, would allow us to, uh, would allow himself to pick a week and sign. I don't think that our owners would, um, would be happy at all if we went weak. I would expect us to be 
virtually full strength. We may swap a centre back around. You might see TJ Aoma play. Yeah, we might play Aaron Brown on the left wing, but on the le- at left back. But Aaron Brown was at Sheffield Wednesday last season, so you know, it's not it's not particularly weak, and I certainly don't expect us to be so. Now, we are um, renowned this season for our counter-attacking, threat-breaking uh, with, with with pace and, and precision. How will that fare against the way that you're likely to line up? We, we're going to be happy to soak the pressure up and then go boom, boom, boom on the break. Is that going to get some joy for us? No, um, in a word, I'm afraid, <laughs> because that's exactly what we kind of looked to do as well. Um, so we we haven't been picking teams apart particularly. We're happy to let teams have possession. Um, if teams come and have a go, we're probably at our most dangerous. So it's the right tactic to bring to Sinsel Bank. It's going to be really interesting to see how we deal with that. Um, you know, we we went to Exeter uh, at the weekend and drew one all, but they had to come to us at, at us because they were the home team when we played Charlton. You know, they were always going to come at us. We beat Fleetwood at their place. They're always going to come at us. So. I don't think that we're a team that can be hit easily on the break. I love XG and we have the lowest XG faced in League One this season. I think maybe Oxford have pipped us by about 0.01 now. So um, so we don't concede chances. We play three at the back. We don't commit men forward if we think we're going to be in danger of that. The one thing I'd say is if it's about pace, you may be able to get some joy in the channels because I don't think we've got the quickest of centre-backs, but we've got rapid wing-backs as well. So... Um, yeah, it's got nil-nil written all over it, hasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, now you say that. Yeah, now they come to think of it. Yes. Um, interesting. We've also got a, a, a young striker who's already into double figures this season. Absolutely flying hat-trick at the weekend for Michael Mellon. So uh, we know where the net is and we, we've started scoring some some goals now. So uh, despite the, the discrepancy in divisions, it, it, it might be a tighter game than some people might imagine. Yeah, I don't for one second think it's going to be anything other than a tighter game. Um, not at all. I mean, even we played Hartlepool, um, not last year, the year before. So you know, prior to them kind of being proper relegation candidates and they beat us 1-0 and, and that was a tight game. Chippenham, we got beat last, week, last season. That was a tight game. There are no gimmies at this stage. Even when we played Bowers and Pitts here a couple of years ago, which which I thought was an insurance firm. And, and we still, only, you know, we only won that 1-0. So I don't you know, Morecambe's not not an easy tie. You look at it on paper and you think League Two club at home. Yeah, you know, you, you'd rather that. I'd rather that than go away to Portsmouth. But it doesn't mean it's going to be any any less of a challenge. Um, particularly when you know, you beat us last season at your place. It was it was close. We know what Derek Adams is about. He's a great manager. You know, he understands the level as well. So there will be nobody around Lincoln City taking this lightly, apart from. Um, a selection of the fan base that probably won't be there because we're at home Tuesday, at home Saturday, at home the following Tuesday, um, and then at home the following Saturday as well. So it's, I think it'll be a low attendance. Well, we always love coming to Lincoln. Not, not so much the drive itself, but once we get there, one of the friendliest welcomes I think that I've ever had in terms of uh, shut up. Um, in terms of the, right. um, it's all right. Uh, in terms of the uh, the, the stewards and, and all the staff, always make us feel very welcome. So uh, it, it's always a nice place to go and a nice view from the press area as well at Sinsel Bank. So uh, I am looking forward to coming down Saturday, Gary. Thanks very much indeed. Always great to chat um, and just give us that sales pitch one more time for the Stacey West and the real EFL. Yep. So the Stacey West, if you're interested in Lincoln content, is stacywest.net. Um, we've got podcasts and all sorts of bits and bobs. And then the Real EFL has a more general um, appeal. It's the realefl.co.uk. And we do have a League One and a League Two 
podcast as well, um, which is available on all your usual podcast uh, apps. And it's and it, the content is excellent. And some of the uh, some of the young students who you've got uh, writing the pieces in particular, Gary, for don't mind me saying so, are they know their stuff? And 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 you know, I love the fact that you're bringing people through and uh, giving them that platform. And it's not just an empty platform, is it? People, you know, the stats bear it out. People are consuming this content. Well, we're closing in on half a million views this month. Um, I think we're on 459,000 hours of today. So, yeah, pe- people do like it. They, they do appreciate it. We're always looking for you know, new writers and, and, and new ways to kind of give people an opportunity. And, and one of our writers has recently progressed to a, another site and a full-time job. And um, occasionally dips in for us so that, you know, the process does work. So, yeah, we're really proud of what we do lovely stuff Gary thanks very much for your time out really appreciate it I know you are a very busy man good luck for the rest of the season hopefully you get the right appointment hopefully it's the uh, the Cowley Brothers um, triumphant return to Sinsel Bank and uh, up the table you go and uh, well hopefully we'll, uh, we'll we'll speak next time hopefully we're in the same division next season I mean you want to be in the championship of course I suppose but uh, fingers crossed that we are uh, crossing paths again very very soon Yes, thanks for having me on. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.